Welcome to the Passion Harvest podcast audio series. Thank you so much for listening today. I am Louisa, your host, International Passion Ambassador. If you would like to watch this episode, please head over to our Passion Harvest channel on YouTube. We love taking you on a journey to discover your passions. Thanks for listening. Hello, passionate listeners and watchers. Welcome to Passion Harvest. Thank you so much for joining me wherever you are in the world right now. I am Louisa, your host, and our guest today is Lawrence Brock. Lawrence Brock died in a horrific car accident and went to heaven. During Lawrence's near-death experience, he encountered Jesus and understood an all-knowing and all-loving God. He returned three days later with an ability to heal. Lawrence Brock is an ordained minister, counsellor, energy healer and spiritual intuit. This is his story and this is his passion. Lawrence Brock, so honoured and excited to have you on the show today. Welcome to Passion Harvest. Thank you for having me. It's I always enjoy sharing my story. There's something very it just connects me into this wonderful place talking about it. So it's always a pleasure. Oh, well, I, I can't wait to um, hear about it. I'd love to get started. I've already, in the introduction, I mentioned that you did have a near-death experience, a profound one. I would, yes. however you feel called to share that with the audience, that experience, that'd be amazing. Uh, one, I came back east to visit my parents um, my, I drove with my roommate because he was from the same area as me, and um, we drove in his car, and we heard about a party someone we knew from high school was having, uh, and I took my mom's car to go to the party, and while we were there, we were drinking and smoking pot, and uh, I decided to leave my car there kind of in a way to go back and flirt with the girl who was having the party the next day. And so I had my friend drive me back and almost back to my parents' house, I realized my sister needed the car for the next morning for work. So I had him drive me back. I got the car. I definitely shouldn't have been driving. I was definitely too drunk to drive. And I remember walking towards the door to leave the party. I don't remember walking out of the party. I don't remember getting in my car. The next thing I remember was being out of my body, floating in the white light, looking down on the car that was so smashed. When I looked at it, it was surprised, surprising that I survived. And my body was leaning against a tree like this, sitting on the ground with a police officer crouching over me. Um, my experience was very kinesthetic and feeling, just everything felt so nice. It didn't bother me at all that my head was cracked open or the car. And um, it was just a feeling like everything was good with me in, on the planet Earth. Just everything was so good. And, um, I'm still, that's not quite it. It wasn't this big ta-da celebration kind of thing, but it was kind of just everything was so peaceful and balanced and just right and proper. Um, so I was in the white light. Behind me, there was a big circle of light. And within that, there was a, a white 
a person, but just like a different shade of white. And so there was no features or anything. And then even a, another shade of white, like kind of radiating off. Um, then that voice, the person behind me, and sometimes people, not too long ago, someone said, so you could see behind you, but it wasn't really like I could see behind me. It was just like I knew. So it's it's funny because part of my spiritual practice, it really taught me a lot recently after this person asked me if I could see behind my see behind me because it wasn't like I needed to look. It was just like I knew. And it was just like I was a part of everything and one with the universe and one with God. And it was kind of like knowing everything, but at the same time, not needing to know anything. It's not like I had to think or, you know, there was no effort involved. Everything was this wonderful, spiritual, magical flow. Uh, the being behind me said, you have to go back. Your father wants you to stay. I knew as soon as he said that, the father he was talking about was God, not my physical father. I went back into my body and came to three days later in the hospital. Gosh. The way I explain it all came later. So this was in 1976. There was no internet. I had never heard of a near-death experience. You know, I never heard of anything like this. The only closest thing was, you know, I really like sci-fi TV shows like Star Trek and things like that. And, you know, I mentioned it to a few people, but not not much because, you know, some people would look at me like, you're crazy, it's, you know, I, yeah. I knew that it happened, but it was hard to believe in my mind that it actually happened. Um, so after that, you know, I was in the hospital for a while. Um, at my, then I went back out to Colorado. My mom kind of bribed me and convinced me to move back east and work for my dad in this electrical contracting company. Uh, one day I was sitting in my apartment before cell phones. So someone knocked on the door. It didn't seem like now if someone knocks on the door, it's a little unusual if I don't know, because if you know someone would text. So I answered the door and there was this beautiful woman there. And she said, I'm a, the sister of a friend of yours from Colorado. She told me some interesting things about you and I want to talk to you. So she introduced me in talking. She started talking about my near-death experience and talking about this Sufi Sheikh, who's a spiritual teacher in the mystical sect of the Islamic religion. And she introduced me to him and mirac more miraculous things happened. It's really great. Wow. Um, I'm just so interested how, you know, that, that sort of all knowing you didn't, we, we think in our yeah. human terms that you have to look around to see who's behind you. It's almost if through the vibration, you sensed everything and you, so you intuitively knew it wasn't it was the father as in god or something like that yeah all the things you're saying would require almost doing something and this was it was not so yes it kind of could be described like that but it was so much more just knowing like and even you know like now if i know something i have to think in that i didn't even have to think it was just like knowing you know it's it is hard to but that's a good way it is like just knowing instantly without even making that the small effort of thinking that's what it's like yeah and it, and it is so hard to articulate in words certainly there are no words 
but I'm going to ask you a question because we're talking in yeah, words. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what did the father, as you term him, I'm assuming, yes. what, what did he feel like or what, what did you sense from that connection? Well, what I, like I said, it was very kinesthetic. The words that I used to describe what happened came when I started hearing the Sufi Sheikh talk to me about things. So he started to talk to me first right away about Mary. And it seemed a little funny to me because he was Islamic and I think of Mary as Christian, but the truth is in the Islamic religion, Mary is a really big part of it. And he talked about Mary's love for God and her ability to open up to God and let the Christ energy come through her. And it was like, whoa, that, that whole thing that he was talking about is what I experienced. When, then he started to talk about Jesus, and I knew that the light being behind me was Jesus. Uh, what Jesus was saying to me, the Father was like the supreme God or God, however you know, however you term that for yourself. And many Nidic experiences speak about the feeling of absolute unconditional love and acceptance. Yeah, definitely. You felt this as well. It, yes. Yeah, and I. Um, and it's been my journey ever since to get do that as much as possible here and I do get glimpses of it and like I said it was funny that the thing about being a part of it in the last few months has really improved my meditation to a whole new level because somehow it took me all these years to and I don't even want to say I got it because I know there's been many times over the years oh I got it and then you know, like a year later, I really get it. And that's like, I didn't get it then. So I'm sure there's more to get now. But there's something about that thing, not having to make an effort during meditation to connect into that love and that knowledge that it just is. And our spatial, you know, our thing of needing space, physical references is not there in the spirit. So it's kind of hard to let that go and just kind of be like, it's like being all of the universe and then at the same time, just the smallest thing. Amazing. And, and I, it took you many, many years to process the whole experience with assistance. Yes. Did you receive any other messages from Jesus or the Father? Not during my near-death experience. Uh, I mean, part of what happened was I became very connected to this and definitely over the years, I've learned how to increase that. So there are times I, you know, a lot for myself and you know when i work with people i get all sorts of messages and information about things things about other lifetimes about people's karma their destiny so many things that's great this is fantastic and obviously from when you woke up in the hospital since that time yeah you had certain gifts or healing gifts or capabilities. Do you mind discussing that with the audience? Yes. Um, looking back, they were very small back then compared to now because I have dedicated my life to studying this and learning more. The, the only thing that was very concrete was my hands became very warm when I touch people and that still happens. The other things, my intuition increased, but again, I did not know what to make of this at all. It was like, you know, I don't know, just imagine not knowing anything about anything spiritual and then having this experience. And it, 
like now you look online it's there you know there's tv shows about it there you know it's not just star trek there's hundreds of tv shows about it it's just all everyone's talking about it you know so um so i was a little reluctant and shy embarrassed all that stuff and um Yes, and I, I love that even though at the time you thought it was weird and strange and you were embarrassed <laughs> to talk about it, but you knew in your heart that it was a real experience. It wasn't a figment, yes. figment of your imagination or drugs or whatever it might be. It was real. Yes, I yes, and there I would be lying if I didn't say there was some doubt there. Even now, I mean, spiritual experiences, sometimes I'm just not in that place of connecting to it, and I wonder, hmm, is that real? And, I know it is, but you know, that's part of the process of. And when I asked you the question before, did you receive any other messages from Jesus or God? You said, yes. no, not at that time. So yes. do you mind sharing some of the, how you, the messages that you have received since that near death experience? Um, yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, one thing that is always present is to embrace your gifts and and that God's love is everywhere. And that those are big. A lot of the messages I get are very personal about the people I'm working with. Right. Um, so, but there is something always urging me on to do more, to remember that, there, that God is inside of me, that there's this goodness, there's something good in people and, you know, Again, it's kind of hard to explain, but it's just like knowing there is good. And even, again, putting it into words automatically, it's not quite it because it's just this seeing good in sometimes even the worst people. Um, why do you think that the father asked you or said to return to the physical form? Um, hmm, that is a good question. Well. I'd like to think because of what I've done since then. I mean, I've helped a lot of people. I, you know, think being of service is really important. I'd like to think that, you know, even saying that it seems kind of grandiose, but um, I guess because I wasn't finished with my life and that it, I was supposed to progress further and my daughter wasn't born then. And She's a great gift to the world too. Thank you. So, uh, yeah, I, that's a big question. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to talk more about what you do for clients, your your healing, okay. and how you receive intuitive guidance for your clients. The, so the energy, the love, and the healing, and not and knowing that I experienced in my near death experience, I've learned how to bring that in, hold it, like through my body, so like. Uh, I work online a lot, but I'm holding my hands up like this, like the energy seems to come through. Sometimes it just comes in for the person. And so I'll see blocks for them. They, um, they could be blocks in their body, emotional blocks. A lot of times there's just negative energy, sometimes from other people. There are also negative forms that are the negative parts, things that are in spirit that can clear uh, sometimes. These are actually those things are almost always and same with patterns from past lives that I can clear. Um, and it is just by it is almost like praying, but again, it would be the comparable part of the knowing that I was talking about. It's praying would be too much of an effort for what it is. There's part of it of moving into that loving and knowing that the person I'm working with is this wonderful, healthy abundant person and 
I can see that in the person and it just helps them start to unfold in that. Fantastic. I mean, I think the two greatest powers we have are love and intention. Really, yeah. Through directed consciousness. Definitely. It's a great thing. And you receive I, messages for the client. Do they come to you just telepathically and you speak them out to, to the client? Yeah, yes. Again, telepathically would be not quite it right. because it i'm is, thinking in human terms yes maybe. It, yes <laughs> okay. i mean that we have to use those words but and um yeah so i normally don't tell the people their future sometimes people ask and uh i've just learned from certain experiences and uh that it kind of interferes with people's unfoldment a lot and um so i don't that's not what i do once in a while people really press me and i there, there's only been a few times since, and I've been doing this for close to 40 years, that I saw something in the future and it was 100% gonna happen. Usually I see things and it's like, ah, it's an 80, 90% chance. So, um, but I, I've learned not to do that. So what I'm talking to people about is healing them, sometimes physically, their spiritual unfoldment is really what it's about. Even if there's physical healing, if there's emotional healing or mental healing, it is all about their spiritual unfoldment, you know, opening up to their potential of God's love and glory. And a lot of times it has to do with manifesting their, their skills, their abilities, their gifts. And I guess for the audience, for people that are listening, they might i'm just asking questions for them but yeah. how do we how do we manifest our purpose or our skills as you mentioned how do we do this um yeah so part of it is to look at what things you're good at you know whether and try not to so our mind tends to like if we're good at something right away trying to go from the, the small part to the big picture Try not to do that and, and find all the small parts of things you're good at and let it and be patient how it all fits together. Okay, because normally, you know, we say you're a good writer, like right away, oh, I should write, you know, I should be a, a fiction writer or a writer actually might be a lawyer. So, but don't jump to the end there. Just let it be there and go with the small parts of what you're good at and practice those things and see what unfolds naturally for you. What we want and what makes us happy is a very important part of it because our those things come from our, like from our, people talk about our gut, you know, that comes from there. If we're always in our head doing the right and proper thing, that might not be it. So there's what's in our head, there's what's in our heart, and there's what's in our gut. And we want to check all these things and work them together. Looking at your positive qualities and find ways to do those in the world. Um, try to look, you know, at the good in yourself and the good in other people. Uh, you know, it's, um, it's interesting because I used to do research about happy happiness. Mm -hmm. And one thing that uh, and there are studies done about this, but the study that's coming to mind is unless your your financial situation is so bad, you don't have the basic necessities for life, how wealthy you are does not seem to affect how happy you are. And so it, that's a good, 
thing to look at but so when you're expressing from your heart you're expressing who you are that i think that's what makes people happy you know if you have a job and you enjoy it that goes a really long way and it's almost like a change in attitude as well you know we choose we choose to be happy as you said if we have the basics food water and shelter um, yeah. we can then actualize and move on there definitely is times it's a choice in there to focus on the good things but it is a choice because usually there are a lot of good things around biologically we're kind of designed to notice what's wrong as a safety mechanism so it does take sometimes training to be focusing more on the good things i'm sure you get this question asked very often why are we here what is our purpose uh, i think our purpose has to do with man you know expressing our qualities and um learning to love ourselves you know and be forgiving you know letting the things go the things we mess up and uh you know part of us it's funny because not just one part it's like all the parts of us know this except for our mind which is what we mostly relate to that part doesn't seem to know but our like our gut knows our spirit knows our soul all these things know this but part of us doesn't so it is how do you get that into your brain? How do you get it into your thoughts? How do you get it into your beliefs? And a lot of it is practice. And what practice would you recommend to become more intuitive, more connected yeah. with all those aspects with our higher self or soul? Yeah. What's well, your advice? Yeah. Meditation and journal writing are the two things I consider main things. I mean, physical exercise is helpful. Uh, I do, I have some other more specific exercises there, and I've made uh, YouTube videos about them for people to see. There is one called your ideal inner image that has a lot to do with manifesting what you want in the world, but coming from that place of what's your inner experience, like what are your positive qualities and what can you do that is doing that, you know, that I do this, you know, I, always been kind of sensitive and when i was young it was kind of frowned upon for men to be sensitive even now a lot of people say it's okay but in certain situations it's not so you know luckily i found a way to to express my nurturing and caring and the sensitivity that i have um well you, yes you are very sensitive which is a <laughs> wonderful thing um do you have any doubt that when uh, when our body dies, we continue, our consciousness continues. No, I have no doubt. So what would what would be your advice to those that are, and many people are afraid of dying? Um, well, talk to people who have, have spiritual experience, but the, the there's on my YouTube channel, there's what's called the basic soul meditation. A lot of times people do that you can get an experience of connecting into spirit and usually when people do when i work with people they get that connection it's like and really everyone has it some even when i talk to people who say they don't believe in god or anything like that they do believe in something beyond the physical body a lot of times it's just finding the right words and they go oh that's what you mean you know i have a, a friend who's like a genius scientist who does these things with computers and he's always saying he doesn't believe in god but some i mean he is so smart like he connects into something so and sometimes when i talk to him 
he'll smile like he knows what I'm talking about, but he would never admit there's God. Well, everyone's on their own sort of journey, I guess. And yeah. what's the name of your YouTube channel for those that are listening or watching? Dr. Lawrence Brock. Okay, there you go. Um, I guess probably my final question, and then I'll leave it over to you. Um, okay. How can we live our best life in this incarnation? Yeah, well, I'll go back to the qualities, like, you know, find your best qualities, whether it's, you know, being intellectual, being sensitive, if you're a good cook, if you're, uh, you know, if you're beautiful physically, like, you know, everything can be a gift. Everything is a gift, all these good things. If you're, you know, I'm not thinking, if you're a painter, you know, whatever that is, just really express those things. A lot of times it's smaller things though, like, uh, well, for me being sensitive, I mean, now it's a big thing, but when I was young, it, it was something kind of hidden. So luckily I learned to embrace that. Um, there is, it's kind of like trust who you are and what comes to you naturally. You know, we're brought up, you know, get a job, you know, do these things, but it's usually, do you like to talk a lot? Do you like to not talk? Do you, what kind of clothes do you like to wear? What, you know, all these things that could seem insignificant compared to creating this wonderful thing are, are a part of it. So you honor and respect those things. And, you know, sometimes you have to adjust some of the things that are perhaps not as important, but to trust that that is where there's information in there and that, that those things can come, come out and show you a wonderful thing that you can do. Yes, I absolutely agree because we are all special and unique. And yeah, I think we all should shine our uniqueness. Um, Definitely. I guess, is there any other thing you would like to share with the Passion Harvest audience, or perhaps you have some guidance for them that you would like to talk about on a final note? I think this thing of, you know, don't let your passion and the things you're good at go, you know, whatever that is. Sometimes you have to have a job that is not that exact thing. So find another expression of that. A lot of times, even in a job that you might not like, there are ways to express kindness or ways to express some of your positive qualities. And if you're creative in your thinking, uh, that I think that's the way to go. But meditation and journal writing, meditation and journal writing, meditation and journal writing, those two things are just really important for self-discovery. It's the quickest way. Those are the quickest tools to, if you're feeling stuck, those are the things you can do the most for yourself. You know, and, and the advice you've given is amazing and it's just so simple and, and, and so true. Sometimes the simplest messages are absolutely yeah. the best. And sometimes it's not so easy. So it does take being gentle with yourself. Like for the times, it sometimes it's hard. You know, it's easy for me to say it when I'm talking about someone else, but in my life there are struggles and it's always work to get back on track. And some days I'm just not as good as it as other days. And so those days just be gentle and loving with yourself and do the best that you can. Well, Great way to end the show, Lawrence Brock. Thank you so much for being on Passion Harvest. Oh, I love welcome. your tips and insights. Um, they're so simple, but wonderful.
I, I like to think so. You're welcome and thank you. <laughs> thank you so me. much. Bye-bye. That is the end of our passionate episode. Thank you so much for listening and please subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends and spread the passion. As always, every day, may you be more and more passionate.